I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And the final of the World Cup has been set. It is Samoa to take on Australia. And we actually got two decent games, Boxhead. Yeah, we did. Yeah. yeah Much more enjoyable than the pool games. Yeah, that's Let's right. put it that way. Um, but Samoa... Great turnaround, considering the way the tournament started. A couple of journos in particular. I saw a few that were willing to eat their words and apologise for jumping straight back on the Johns train and death ride and parish and everything Samoa did. I think making the finals an overachievement, given where they started. Um, so outstanding for Samoa. First time they were ever in a semi. First time they've ever been in a final. And I yeah, think- I, I think I said it before the first round of games that I thought they'd get better as the tournament went on. Uh, yeah, I, it was, it, what England dished up was embarrassing and somehow got exactly what they deserved. On the flip, uh, Australia find a way in, but I think they're pretty lucky. I think New Zealand definitely left some points out there. Yeah, I think they were the best two teams. There was they one ran call... into each other in a semi, so... Yeah, there was one call I didn't agree with. I didn't think it cost them the game because I thought they had ample opportunity. They just couldn't come up with the points. Mm. Um, Australia definitely... Got some stuff to work on. No offence, again, to Samoa, who have now made the final. I don't think they're going to pose the same challenge that New Zealand did. Mm. Um, they've had, obviously, a tough run to get there. So um, I, I don't think I'm going to give them a lot of chances this week. And in particular, I think with the injury toll they've had as well. And well, that's the other thing, yeah. That they're sort of at a point now mm. where I think Harris David did a great job considering he had to play 70 minutes at nine. But yeah. he's literally the only player they've got this week. Now that New Brown's been ruled out, Levi had to leave. For personal reasons, Spencer Lenu's playing with a severe shoulder injury. He wasn't supposed to play last week. He's pushing through to play again this week. So uh, they're, they're a bit of a precarious position. And luckily for them, Junior Paulo didn't get suspended. Mm. I think in an NRL game, that would definitely get him suspended. But World Cup final, um, great piece of history. Sean Wayne, Burgess both come out afterwards, said he definitely shouldn't be suspended for that. So he gets off again and he's able to play mm. in a final. So yeah, best uh, mm-hmm. outcome for the game. But yeah, I... Certainly think this week's going to be maybe a bridge too far for Samar. I think so. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. Um, on top of that, I think I heard earlier, I looked at the Golden Boot nominations, which, Jesus Christ, I don't know how the Golden Boot works anymore. Let's not even talk about it. Because Joey a, Manu, I think, has supposedly won it. joke. <clears throat> well, I haven't seen anything. I, I didn't even look at the nominations after I saw a few of them in the shorter headline. Yeah, it, I, I got no idea. Yeah, it was Joey Mane. Okay, great. So was I, he the best player in the world this year? No. So the award is a G up. Plain th- and simple. He's probably been the best player in the World Cup. Maybe I don't know. I don't think he's been. I think he's been a standout, slam dunk best player at the World Cup. No. But yeah, he's been one of one of the best players. Definitely, he was New Zealand's best player. Definitely. I still have never really they're understood not in the Golden Boot. The Golden Boot, I thought, was the best player in the world, accompanying all. You know, parts of football, or looking at seasons as a whole, or who knows? Let's let's not talk about it because it's piss and wind. It it's a bullshit award that they should just get rid of. Manu, in the end, like I said, I'm happy with the result from the list that they had because the list surprised me greatly. 
Well, yeah, because it's a piss and wind award. It's a joke. Um, but yeah, let's go through those two games. Australia, New Zealand, 16-14. Like I said, uh, Australia, quite scrappy. Quite scrappy indeed. Thought all the things we spoke about pretty much come to fruition. New Zealand certainly had the advantage in the power game. Thought they did a pretty good job holding Australia up as well. Uh, Harry Grant wasn't able to run or have such an impact on the game. Thought the halves still quite disconnected. And in general, the attack wasn't the greatest. But New Zealand, I think, left points on the table. I uh, didn't quite <clears throat> agree with the no-try call from the offside from Rapana where Fox dropped it and later to clean that one up. But that's no excuse. Uh, no one's going to feel sympathy because the week before they feel, obviously, that Fiji... Got a, a bit of a rough call there, but they had ample opportunity inside good ball. Thought they generated plenty of second phase. They made Australia really scramble and work for it, and that's probably the one tick I can give to Australia. Their scramble defence and their second efforts and everything end up saving in the end. Cause it, was it was, it was ugly. It was certainly ugly. And, yeah, the, the Kiwis weren't great either. Their mm. execution was... Yeah, both teams' execution was really, really poor. It just turned into a real scrap where both teams sort of just got comfortable playing that dog style of footy not being too flamboyant uh, I think the stuff that we spoke about in the previous sort of came to fruition Australia were playing pretty left side heavy but they, they probably looked more dangerous when they were going to the right mm. they got them once there but they, they, they didn't once. go there enough yeah no they didn't Jack went one on one with Chance B more ends up the other two again like Rapana losing track of that ball it was great life to watch Fox come through but you can't that was poor he just basically gave up on that, and then next minute when he turned around, Fox ran straight past him. Mm. Um, and the other one was the big moment that a lot of people noticed and talked about. Brandon Smith, who didn't have the greatest year for Melbourne, or again, thought he would have a great impact in the World Cup. He usually just absolutely lights up when he puts on that black jersey. Just had that moment there where they've had back-to-back penalties, ruck infringement on the line where he was caught on the ground, and he just sort of took a moment to have a breath and Cam Murray snuck through the space between the two middles and went straight at him and scored that try. So in the end, when you really look at probably the possession, the second phase and those extra opportunities we're talking about them having, a mislocation of the ball by Rapana where he sort of stops on it and Fox steals it and Murray just barging straight through there. Two big costly moments, really. Yeah, that was a little period where Australia had a lot of possession. The Kiwis were fatigued and they leaked. Mm. And that, they needed to turn Australia away there. That was that one period, like we said, probably where they were under the pump. They had a bad start in the second half where there was a big glut of possession. And late in the game, again, had some opportunities, got their part of it. But at the end of the day, Australia's attack certainly is not what won in the game. A couple of those moments certainly worked in their favour. But their scramble defence and second efforts is what got them through. Yeah. Um, even live, though, watching it, they picked Liam Martin for man of the match. That surprised me. Um, I thought, yo, if anyone out of the forwards to me was the only one that was sort of going forward. Didn't miss a tackle. Got almost through on a couple of inside balls, a couple of half breaks. I know a few of the hits near the end there for Martin, but he had five or six misses, a couple of errors. I didn't certainly didn't think he was the best player, but yeah. it was a judge that way. But Australia, again, I think that was their final. So I'm not saying they're going to be complacent this week. I think they, one thing Australia certainly does in these situations is when it comes to the big moments, and I know it's a younger group, it's a final, they'll know what they're there for. They'll bring their best game this week. Of but like, like I said, Samoa's situation is awesome and I'm really looking forward to watching it. But I still think, again, the injuries they've got, the spine difference, etc., they're, they're not going to be in the class of what New Zealand made was try. Yeah, agree. So, uh, yeah. Um, for New Zealand, disappointing. This is one of the best sort of teams they put together. 
the late changes I agree with. The fact that he put Nakora in, the fact that he had Papa Lee go back row. The one that got me again, and we talked about this, him sticking with Chance, I would have pushed Nakora to the back row and kept Kenny. He dropped Kenny out of the 18. I uh, put him in the 18th man. Mm. So for the most part, I was like, it's good. He's got his middles. <clears throat> He's going to play that power game. He's got genuine edges in it. It, it was all there for them. But that one, it wasn't just that one chance moment. It was those few moments between a couple of those guys. But yeah, I sort of thought if you're going to put somebody there, I would have went with Nakora and left Kenny in. Yeah. But you know, I can't be too critical of that. Some people are now calling that it's time for Magic Maguire to move on. Um, he's been there a long time. I'm thinking the same thing again. I'm like, okay, so who are you replacing him with? They went Kidwell in between, you know, and that didn't really work out. Who else is screaming out to take that job? Um, you know, they went through with some injuries, had some guys. Hughes was in and out. Laota was in and out. Probably lacking, like we said, one or two outside backs to sort of fill in that 17. But I certainly don't look at that performance and what he's done with New Zealand and say, you have to move him on. Yeah. I thought that was a bit rough. Um, well, that, yeah, the thing is, you just hope that people in positions of power are not listening. No. Nah, but I thought Brown, who'd been really quiet during the tournament, he had one of his better games, plenty of running metres, helped out with the kicking. Nelson, Tarpanay and all those guys that have been a bit quiet certainly come to the party, generated those offloads that we're talking about that they needed. Manu, 300-plus metres again and, and plenty of influence on the game, but just not banking enough points. And then those small moments that we talked about, those lapses Australia made him pay. Mm. Um, Australia side of things, definitely a lot to improve on this week. There was still a lot of talk, even now, about Cleary and swapping him for DC. Like, I don't even know why people bother. He's basically said as much that it's time to transition You've played him all the way through and you're not changing it now. No. Um, Nor should he. I think, if anything, the, the changes that they made for the game, I agreed with. Regan Campbell-Gillard back in the mix, having your, your three guys on the bench, having Martin start and then carrying it and someone extra. Like The only other way I would have done it is I would have started with Nenai and had Martin go back to the bench as an extra middle if you really wanted to go that way. Um, but overall, I think the Australian side was pretty much what I expected it to be um, in terms of the outside backs. But... Probably the only thing that really left me flabbergasted in a game where you played such a big opposition, Tino only played 14 minutes. Mm. And when he came on, he immediately made an impact. But I thought it was way too late. We needed him a lot earlier. And again, playing guys like Jake and that for 50, 60 minutes or 40 minutes and that, and the mm. man with the least minutes, I think, is probably our best middle or close Most to Most impactful middle. I just don't understand how he only got 15 minutes against that side. So yeah. I don't know if that'll be the case this week, but we'll see. If he goes that way, again, again, the opposition I don't think is threatening, but certainly thought Tino would have been a bigger part of the middle plans, that's for sure. Yeah, well, they might be if they come with a come with a plan and they can expose Australia in some areas and put them under some scoreboard pressure. Mm. Um, similar know. deal, like I said. They voted for Martin. I thought Yo was outstanding. Murray's had a couple of penalty moments, but he came up with a couple of big plays. And Tedesco wasn't big moments, but similar to Manu, just 300-plus metres absolutely everywhere. Yeah. Cleaned up some kicks, did his job. But, yeah, there was no real standout for Australia. I, I thought Yo, like I said, was a well-unsung performance to me, um, watching that one that probably wasn't appreciated as much. But we move on from that and we go to what, you know, some considered an upset, but under the conditions, well-deserved victory. Samoa, 27 Who did we tip last week? Uh, I stuck with Australia. I don't know if I stuck with Samoa or not. Yeah. I picked at the start of the tournament my final was New Zealand Samoa so I got one side right mm. um, but yeah I don't remember I'd have to go there yeah, it's been a long sure. week I'm not sure but in mm. the end like we said we talked about the first week and 
some circumstance around them. That, that wasn't everything to do with it, but that they were certainly not going to be the same team and they weren't. They did all those things we spoke about. They were much better in their middle game. They were much better out of yardage. Mm. Oh, I certainly think we would have picked England, but... Yeah, given the form line. <laughs> mm. But I certainly... We definitely were saying it was going to be very much close or they had a great chance to win and they did. Yeah. Um, and they, like I said, all the things we didn't see game one, we saw in this one. They channeled that middle again. Uh, they were very, very good in that regard. Their forward pack turned up. Tim Laffoy had an absolute... He's had a great tournament, considering he was a late call-up. Yeah, he has had a good He tournament. got Watkins a few times. He stopped a try. He scored one on him. Uh, Liggy Sow, the poor bugger. The man who's also, I thought, done a really good job. Zero leg speed, but when he sold that dummy to Callum Watkins to go open and duck down the short side, I was like, wow, Callum Watkins is not, not having a good day. Horrible defense. Not having a good That's day. That's why ever. I was a bit iffy on... Well, cause like, I would have played him in the back row. He doesn't have the speed and agility but to play in the centres. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, in his prime, he could have gone with anyone. Mm. Not now. No, I was surprised. And I, I know Paul bit Pierce of a negative, is sort of between positions, like a back yeah. row or a centre, but I would have probably gone with the younger blood. And... Just, it was just negative coaching, I thought. But they did all the things, like you said, we talked about. They bashed Tompkins where they could put him under pressure. They did a better job on their back five. Young and Herbie didn't have the impact they had in the earlier game. They didn't let their middle roll as well as they did, which stopped McAloran from rolling out, and they just drained him in the first game and then obviously just tip-tip football and played around the outside of him. So tighten up the middle. They found some second phase. And yeah. I, I thought, again, not without doing it under duress like we spoke about. Levi pulls out personal reasons middle of the week. The man they move in to start a hooker, New Brown, knocks himself mm-hmm. out on Oregon Kafusi. Two guys go straight in for the HIA not long after a Sinbin. They don't concede during the Sinbin period. Uh, Oregon somehow returns. I couldn't believe it. News ruled out. Lenius playing through that injury. Mm. And I thought they copped a few shit calls, if I'm being honest. Uh, there was one where I thought George Williams is well and truly over the sideline. The replay showed it. Touchy's flag barely went up. They threw it back in, caught a knock on at Samoa. One went the other way where the body barely even went out. If I'm not sure if it went out, and the flag couldn't have gone up quicker. Um, and the penalty count until late was fairly lopsided at one point there. It was, I think, 10-2 or 9-2. It finished 10-6. <laughs> but they got flogged on that end. There's a few things I can't defend. Obviously, the Paulo moment that got him Sinbin, etc. But overall, um, and then that little lapse period where they let England get back in, like Milford, Sewer, that space this week, if they don't think they're going to be spotted, they're in big trouble. Well, Milford... Like Milford drifts out, leaves Sua. Sua has to recover. That 70, 80 metre try at the back end yeah. to equalise that for Herbie. If they don't think Luttrell and Munster and that are going to be pegging them down that edge... Well, let's just see. Let's no. just see how much homework Australia does. Well, I, that's where all my I'd just be testing out. Milford's inside shoulder as much as I possibly can. And Harris DeVita, like I said, very mm. good defender and did a well and truly good job in the middle, but same deal, just the amount of volume. Probably going to have to play 80 minutes this week. I think you'll see a lot of traffic going his way early, just trying to get bit of fatigue into him, see yeah. if they can expose him as well. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure because the lineup's out yet if they're going to have any other changes. But we know Paulo's been cleared, but mm. Tapiao, he missed the game. Harris Tavita is definitely going to be the nine. The only other players have got left over if Tapiao comes back in uh, on the bench in that regard, if they want to get him in, is Ken Sear was part of the squad as a late inclusion in Fina. So two outside backs. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah, I'm not quite sure how that looks, and we, we don't know, obviously, without lineups, but I think one through to seven, Suoli, May, etc., your halves will all be the same. Paulo now being cleared with Hunt, Sao, Sua, Oregon, if he obviously passed, 
Harris Devita. Obviously, they're playing at nine. Lenu Papali on the bench, and he's got Tuolagi. So, um, yeah, if Harris Tavita's your natural one in that one spot that's open, I'm sure Tapao will be straight in if he's healthy and ready to go. Yeah. But otherwise, they've only got two wings to pick from. <laughs> Tago's been ruled out um, with a shoulder problem and has been, and they said similar for Lenu, so I was surprised to see him. But to get to this point, like I said, going in with 24 or 25, having to call a few extras in, basically got 17 players left. This is huge. Yeah, definitely. But I just I don't see it any well, that's all. I think um, it's certainly run its course. But England had their chances. They had plenty of good ball. The thing that frustrated me more than anything, you spoke about last week, definitely overstructured. But inside good ball, the amount of kicks on play, two, three, and four, <clears> just <throat> I, I didn't understand it. Most of them turned to seven tackle sets. Some were 50-50s or even if they did have an opportunity. Like, I'll use your five and try to get a repeat set, build pressure, or turn it over. The one thing Samoa certainly didn't need was cheap turnovers, quick turnovers, or release of the pressure. When you're going down and relying on Wellsby chick kicks or Top Gun play two, grabber kicks, etc., to try and generate your points, um, that's not a recipe to beat a team like that. Whereas if you just put a bit of fatigue in them, turn them around, pin them down their end or hand it over and make them play for five and try and construct something like they did with that early left side shift, like they did on a few other occasions, I, I, I thought they probably would have come away with the win. But yeah. particularly inside good ball, I thought England was abhorrent. Yeah, they were. I said that last week, that they're very structured and they have a lot of set-up plays. I've got a... I just... Yeah, their patience was poor, their execution was poor. And they can talk as much as they want about, you know, being able to challenge for World Cups. And, and I said it last week, I, th- I thought their enthusiasm... And just the energy that they were playing with was excellent for the entirety of the tournament. This game was their worst. Yeah. Their energy was poor. Their enthusiasm, that they, they tensed up very, very early in this game. Mm. And you could just smell straight away. I, I, didn't, I wasn't sure whether they would win. Uh, sorry, that Samoa were going to win. But you could certainly feel that England were not only frustrated... Mm. But their energy quite wasn't there, and they started to get distracted by their lack of execution, yeah. and well, the fact that what they they tried to do, or what they'd been doing and was working, wasn't then working, and they didn't have a plan B. And I think the biggest thing, the the best measure of a coach is when you can you can watch a team and you can have them try a plan, try something, and have it not work, and then adjust. have a team adjust. Yeah. And, you know, that's not everything. That's not the be-all and end-all in coaching, but no. Jesus is important, particularly in big games like that. They really, really needed to have a plan B, and they, they clearly didn't. And no offence again, like I know, there are plenty of people from the English side of things probably think I just don't like the Super League, but the standouts, <laughs> again, to me, are all the best moments come from the NRL players. Yeah. I, Elliot Whitehead was outstanding. Herbie Elliot Farnworth Whitehead was the best player on the was field. was brilliant. Before. Like, Herbie Farnworth's the whole tournament has been outstanding. Mm. I thought Burgess has been... Phenomenal for them and the, and the contribution he's made. The one guy I've probably got a newfound respect for because I don't watch a hell of a lot of Super League, but I watch enough to know. And I thought he looked good over there, but I probably got a newfound respect. Tommy Makinson's a good footballer. Yeah, he is. He's, he's a good, good footballer. footballer. He he grafted in his yardage stuff, and he's not a big guy, but I was impressed with the work he did. And I tell you what, bang up goal kicker. St Helens, St Helens are you know they've won three comps in a row for a reason. They're clearly the best team. Well, you know, I've been pretty there. critical of the OBs we've had come out here, and I watched him, and I thought, you know what? Against the physical side, he certainly doesn't shy away. He does a good job. No, his goal kicking's good. He's a good player. It's a good finisher. I'm, I've, I've probably got a newfound respect for him because, for the yeah. most part, 
any OB that's coming out of Gildard, etc. I've always said the same thing. Well, he's a bit, he's a bit Ryan Hallish. Like Ryan Hall, he's not was, huge, but was good in in the NRL. Just probably came out a little bit late. late. Yeah, but I looked at him and sort of thought, yeah, I don't really generally look at their OBs a lot and think much of them. But yeah. through the tournament, if there's a Super League player, I'll probably gain a bit of appreciation for. Along with his pretty clutch goal kicking, I looked at Makins and I thought, you are. Yeah, he was he was good. You're a decent footballer, but. I think Georgie Williams as well. Like I, I don't like. He's, he's a good half. I don't like the way he left, but I thought again he had his moments. He did his job, but it's he's the proof of the pudding. The other way, Watkins was disappointing. Couple of the forwards. I know one of our listeners was disappointed that we mentioned uh, Macalorum as a spot. Like it's not to be a spot is not an offensive thing. Like he's naturally a spot because he's the size of a jockey. Don't justify it. And it was absolute dribble. What? Yeah, I know. But they got him. Eight, they got him eight times, and of course yeah. you're going to run him. He's the smallest bloke in the middle. That's yeah. how a spot works. Same as halves. Um, but. Yeah. I thought the guys... We're not going to justify bullshit comments, No, we're not justifying. So. But, yeah, Watkins, the few guys that you sort of had some questions over were the ones that unfortunately come apart. And mm. I really like the little bits I've seen from Wellsby, but his two worst moments come and go. Well, it's also point. about understanding the impact, why why that happens. Mm. To spot someone isn't because they're small. To no. spot someone is to take gas out of him, is to work him over. Yeah. So his impact Isolated. isn't as significant in... The offensive side of the ball, where he's very, very dangerous, a good player. And again, if I'm a middle, where do I want my initial contact? I don't want it on Tom Burgess. I want it on Michael McAlorum. Anyway. Because he can defend, Let's but move on. he's a smaller body. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wellsby, I, again, got a good look at during the Super League season, was impressed, but same sort of deal. Big moments, like you're saying, tensed up. He had two errors in good ball, which gave Samoa two cracks. Milford obviously charged out again by Elliot Whitehead and then Stephen Crichton. Clutch moments again like he always does. The interception on Radley early in the game. Like, Radley's got to be better than that. His hips were turned out. His eyes were turned out. They did have the overlap, but Crichton was waiting for that ball. Mm. He threw it straight to him. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, Wellsby's two errors in Golden Point. Give him two cracks at field goal. And Critter's clutch again. Has two huge moments in the world uh, to get him to the World Cup Yeah, final. he certainly did. He was... So, <clears throat> on their side of things, I thought Lafayette, again, like I said, yeah, the impact he had, he was great again. Luai has impressed me um, since the first few weeks and the pool games are not much to go by. But, yeah, it's more those guys they called in. Sal's done a great job as well. I think Suali'i, while we say it all the time, you know, he's not on the Tedesco or Manu level just yet, but the physicality of the kid at that age and the metres and the work he puts in, he's certainly done a good job. Yeah. Um, Toto's, again, ripping things up. And then Crichton just had some big moments. But uh, I, I think as a collective, to go through what they went through, the injuries they've had to deal with, the amount of crap that was hacked on, They've batted down the hatches. They've been pretty quiet on the media side of things. Matt Parrish has run a pretty tight camp. Really happy um, to see this outcome. And I know there's a lot of happy Samoans out there. Oh, seen mate. some friends. Mount Druitt. Mount Druitt's yeah. going mental. <laughs> so I've got some friends who are Samoan, and I've seen a lot of videos. They've had parades and parties. And, uh, Teach, teaching in Mount Druitt, it's been, yeah, it's been excellent. Mm. Good to see it's been very the culture celebrate and, uh, yeah, have the have the team go this far. And, and well, the the good thing, like we had a little bit to do with Samoa this year during the middle of the year, like we we trained against him twice, yeah. yeah, and had a little bit to do with Matt Parrish, who has been nothing but excellent to me uh, as a as a coach. Um, yeah, he provided me with not like not only that opportunity to go and train um, against them, like he he sort of picked up the phone and rung us, and we went and did it, and um, yeah, like he he. Got me into the uh, city camp this year, the Open City team. So Matt's um the only dealings I've had with him, he's been uh, yeah, and yeah. been really really good. So I'm I'm happy for him. 
Yeah, like I said, I, I was more I think happy. All the shit, all the chat, just around that was. I, it it's the most frustrating part of being a coach. coach. Someone's going to drop just in and hear that. Oh, you know, we're just going to give it to them because they they know better. Like a lot of these people that write that, they've never been down to a training session. They they don't know what goes into a training session. They don't understand what it is to be a coach. It it's disrespectful to the position. And there's a lot of that that goes on in rugby league through the employment of people based on what they did as players, but just also a lack of respect profile, for... Though, yeah, profile. Who's to say they're going to pull together a camp and run a tight ship and have it go the yeah, way it but also understanding overcome the job. adversity and... Yeah, Understand like said, the job. All those things. But at the end of the day, like we said, my biggest gripe was people that do these positions, generally the international jobs don't have a lot of money attached to them, mm. but they're doing other things around the, around the clock, around the year, contributing to grassroots or development yeah. over there or all the other bits and pieces to parachute yourself in for the World Cup because Samoa's looking like they're going to have a real red hot team and you think you can get a few extra guys to commit and then bail out. That was my issue. Mm. If they, Even if the Johns or the Sunny Bills rolled in and they did get to the semi or the final again, were they going to start afterwards? No, they are going to go back to Channel 9, Foxtel, whatever they were doing and just leave the job. So then where's Samoa left then? Mm. If Paris has been contributing for a long period of time and has been doing a decent job, yeah, I think that's great. That I'm more sitting there going, then what do you do? Stuck solid. Do you go back to someone afterwards, do you? And go, all right, well, you can come back now or we need to find somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I know there was some I was stuff just written. trying to see whether they were going to panic and they, they didn't, to mm. their credit. There was some talk that some guys wanted him out. Whether that's the case or not, I don't know. But by the way they've played, I'd say otherwise. Maybe. There's always right. someone yeah, not happy. that disagrees with the coach. Or somebody, In every team. Somebody will support one of those campaigns. I'm sure plenty of the players would have been impressed yeah. to see the Johns Brothers and the Sunny Bills. But again... Um, for someone who's been putting into that position for a long time, I'm, I'm glad it's worked out this way for him. Yeah, I agree. So, positive result. But looking at that final quick preview, uh, I don't think it needs a hell of a lot to be broken down. But I think for Samara, again, it, it's been a long tournament. Game one to now, they got through the pools, but they've obviously had more injury issues and reshuffles than most. They've yeah. dodged a couple of bullets with Paulo missing suspension twice, but coming into this week, um, it's going to be all the same thing again. Plus, they're just going to have to be better defensively. Some of the lapses against England, against Australia, that's not going to keep you in the game. That's going to get you beat by 20 or 30 points. Yeah. Um, certainly think that space like we're talking about, Milford on that right-hand side, disconnecting or leaving Sua. Sua's going to have to be on his toes because uh, he's going to need to cover his inside. Milford drifted off or left his inside completely open there and left Sua exposed to try and cover ground. Latrell will be banging into that space constantly. I'd have Tedesco sweeping around. You're going to have Munster over there. I think that's going to be where, you know, they're already left side heavy, but this week it suits their match. It really does. Um, the right-hand side, Lafayette's pretty solid operator. Uh, so, again, I'm not saying they won't go there at all, but I think left side's certainly going to be the place where they're going to be looking to mm. put a, you know, a real smackdown on, if, if anything. And they'll probably tee up on that right-hand side to try and lay it up and bang in to a guy like Lua with your Martin or your Jack White and something like that and try and set up that long side to head back left. Middles, similar deal. I think Australia will do what England did do, build pressure. They're not going to get down there and put play two or three kicks in or try and turn over in good ball. Like if Australia roll or get down there with those mobile forwards and the footwork and the offloads, they're just going to try and grind them into dust. Mm. They're going to try and get repeats, try and pin them there, cycle like they did to New Zealand when they're on the back foot and just try and play that patient game and find a way to get points or you know wear them down. Yeah. Um, no doubt, like I said again, Samoa's power game. <clears throat> second phase, they have to find offloads. They have to get it like a Hunt or a Harry when they're on there to try and make sure 
they can sort of get on the front foot and no doubt Taylor and Suoleti, Tyo are going to do a really good job out of yardage. But again, Australia's going to be much more consistent on the kicking game, kick chase, play one, two, just trying to wear them out on that side of game. They, they need to fatigue them. Force them into fatigue errors. Fatigue the hell out of them, get split ball, and then be relentless and be direct, I think, with, with the offense. and If Samoa get opportunities, they do have to risk it to get the biscuit a little bit, though. Yeah. They're not in a position, I think, to stuff around. If they get good ball or they get down there, they need to try and find points. Yeah. Because they're not going to get, I think, as many opportunities, obviously, as they did against England. Yeah. Okay. Um, but Australia, on the flip side, yeah, expect left side heavy. Expect definitely Tino to get more minutes this week. Um, that side of things. And this time around, because I think Australia will be on the front foot. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. With their middles it'll bring Harry into the game. Last week Harry wasn't really a factor. <clears throat> And certainly when you lay a platform and you get him moving, it opens things up for everybody. Yeah. So I think it'll definitely be a more middle-centric game this week. Murray's footwork, all those sort of guys funneling around the middle, and um, they're definitely going to have a better impact, I think, against Samara, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. But I I hope it doesn't reflect what the betting line is. And looking at it here, thanks to bluebet.com.au, if you can have a bet with anybody, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie, Bluebet. And thank you again to them for supporting our charity account, this year, they've got Australia as a dollar ten favourite. Samoa seven dollars, eighteen and a half is the line. One to twelve Australia three forty five. Samoa one to twelve seven fifty. Australia thirteen plus is a dollar fifty four. Samoa twenty six dollars. Um, there's no try scorers and all that sort of stuff yet because the lineups aren't named. Um, but if I'm being honest, the only thing sort of available now that takes my eye is probably Australia. Minus 18 and a half and over 44 and a half. I think they want to go make it a big statement to finish the tournament off. And just like I said, some of those loose ends for the good moments you see from Samoa, where they've got to now, being short on players, having that battle they had last week. I know Australia had a hard game, but it was their first hard game. They're in a much better position health-wise, squad-wise. Um, yeah, I think it could be a bit uglier. I think so too. So on that side of things, try scorers if it does become available. If Latrell is above $2, and I highly doubt it, that's where my money's going to be going. Yeah. Because I certainly think that spot there, Munster's been pretty quiet so far running-wise, but again, anyone sort of left side, uh, I'd be looking at. Crichton might be the one that's over $2 out of that sort of left side option, him getting into a Milford, but I'd be certainly exploring that left side option. Yeah. Harry Grant, if he's over threes, I think that'd be good value for a jag one through the middle if they get rolling. Yeah. But that's sort of where my head's at. If I was going to go... Harry, Harry Grant. Yeah. Mm. Off the bench, if he gets his 50 minutes and their middle's rolling, he'll certainly be pro. Yeah, I, I'd be... But left side... Look at him. Yeah, if, if, if Luttrell's not over $2 or Munster's not over $2, if Crichton is, I'd be going the back row. Mm. Uh, on the flip... Yeah, I don't know too much about that. It's just it's hard to know when you just think that one team's better than the other. Yeah, and again, like I said... It's um, hard to know... I. Yeah. I I thought last week was amazing. Again, the adversity. Probably to... be taking the back row that's playing on Milford's side. Yeah, that's Crichton. Mm. Left-hand side on the right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, just losing those players like they'd have along the way to get to where they well, are. Crichton's been in tri-scoring form. Oh, yeah. They've, they've had a field day down that left. Like you said, it's all been sort of there. But if the middle opens up, even Murray. I sort of thought about Murray last week, but the way he scored was pretty piss poor. But those sort of ones through the middle where you just get someone who's a bit fatigued and a little bit of footwork and sort of slide through, he <laughs> runs low. I'd almost, if I'm Samoa, I'd, I'd almost pull Milford out of the line in Put him at full um, back. goal line, yeah, and bring Sawali up. Stick him inside inside your own twenty center, when you got your ass when you got your ass on the try line. I'd be bringing, um, yeah, I'd be pushing yeah. Milford. So back. you can't spot him. You can't spot him. No, I agree. I wouldn't just be allowing him to run. But same as we talked about Milford. before about your Sonys and all these other guys. Like tactically, if he's parked there and they start hammering him early with the trail and the back rails and all that, like shuffle the edge. Mm. Well, I asked. Put yeah, him at wing. Like, put him at center. Like move him around so it's harder to spot him. Sit him on the wing and push everyone one in. Push your centre to back row, push your back row. I think I mentioned the game we chased Sony when we played yeah, the Panthers. Moved well, no, he, I asked him that. He goes, no, 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 I just, I, Do I, need, a, I need a rest. Yeah. But we I talk about it as well with Thurston. Just smart enough as a player. Him at the back end after a couple of shoulder surgeries, like they used to move him everywhere. Yeah. Scott Prince was the same. He did it throughout his whole career. Yeah. He'd pop up on the left, he'd pop up on the right. It's your best attacking player. Hated so, tackling that bloke. Yeah, but your best attacking player, your best kicker, you want him. You want him healthy and you want him safe. Like Thurston, after all his surgeries, he never shirked the task, but they did, I think, save himself from himself because he'd always throw himself in front. But when you've had a couple of shoulder echoes, yeah, they used to park him. But like, it's pretty hard to spot someone on the wing. You, you, you're playing with the sideline. Yeah. But they most of the time just used to park him out on the wing for the set and go, there you go. If you want to run at him, good luck. Put a shift play on. Yeah, like, It's the smart way to do it. So if you're worried about someone like that, like you said, on the flip side of the field, He's got Crichton there. He, he can get caught out at times, but if you flip him in and put Milford out or, you know, even the winger on that side of the field, in Toto, if you push everyone one in, if you want to try and isolate him, or if not, put him closer to the middle. It's where it's a bit thicker and he's got some help around him. But shuffle him between that sort of edge. Don't just spot him up where the trail or Crichton or anyone can isolate him, especially yeah. on long side shifts when they're a bit tight to play the ball. If he gets isolated in space, Sewer's just basically enough to pick a bloke and put him in hospital. And Crichton, same deal. Like, it's going to be one of those games where if you're getting pulled apart, you're just going to have to launch. Yeah. Try and bury some people and hope that Australia get rushed or throw a bad pass or ball hits the deck, etc. It's, it's going to be one of those situations. Force them to want to have to kick him behind or have a second look if you put someone down. Sewer can certainly put someone in a body bag. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, yeah, if he gets posted up all day and they find space out there and try and isolate Milf, um, yeah, it's, it's a final. You can't leave nothing to hand. No, well, like I said, risk yeah. it to get the biscuit. Don't get pulled apart, backpedaling or holding or letting him try to take a 50-50 like he did at the crucial moment of that game at the back end where George Williams just barely showed the ball and went straight through him. Um, if, if, if push comes to shove, go put someone in a body bag. Hope that you can disrupt and get your insides to come cover for you, but can't get beaten that way because Australia will be a lot more clinical in those sort of plays than what England were. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't want to sound like a downer at this point in the tournament to think it's going to be a bit of a fizzer. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that, like I said, got a few blokes that used to play with it and a couple of guys at work. But, and like you said, being at Mount Druitt and uh, working around it. and Well, uh, apparently there's a shortage of Samoan flags in Mount Druitt. They sold out. Over in England, I think they sold out too, they said, around the quarters of the every, flags they were selling. Every so. second or third car has got a Samoan flag on it in Mount Druitt at the moment. Mm. That doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I really hope they, they turn They're up with excited it. and I'd love to see them do well. I'd love to see them win. Well, yeah. I know that sounds ridiculous. I no, don't think it's no, going to happen. I but... agree. But I, 
I think it'd, be, um, it'd be pretty cool. The other side of my optimism for New Zealand, I think that side of it, like to have Samoa, Tonga, and then New Zealand versus Samoa, like it's, it's not only it's a new final, but that side of it as well. Just when those teams seem to play each other, they're just there's an extra element to it. Mm. There's an extra. I'm not saying they won't be up for Australia, but um, yeah, especially pre-game. Pre-game is always awesome. Um, the, the back and forth between Tonga and Samoa the other week, that in itself was just, yeah, that was glorious to watch. Really was. But looking forward to the final. Really hope uh, they can cover or keep it sort of in, like within a two-score game and, and give Australia a bit of a fright. But um, overall, I'm, I'm not that confident, unfortunately. But again, to get there with what they have and the situation they've dealt with, I think it's uh, it's been an outstanding effort. So full credit to them. Yeah, full uh, credit to the team. Full credit to the team. Laurie Gailey, but we're both on Australia for that one. And yeah. the odds, like we said. I think they'll win by 30. Dollar ten with <laughs> Bluebet. Yeah, that's what I mean. After all that talk, that's why I'm saying that if the market's available right now with bluebet.com.au. I'm looking at minus 18.5 and, and over 44 at $3. Um, but yeah, those left side try scorers in the middle, like a Harry, I'd uh, look at. If you wanted a roughie on the Samoan side, I could see a dirty middle crash over at some stage. Spencer Lenu seems to love scoring in a big game. Yeah, if they give him enough minutes, but they obviously have to be in good ball. But he certainly proved at the back end or a big game for Penrith that when he gets his angry <laughs> shoes on and he gets inside twenty, he can certainly find the line. Yeah, um, yeah, physical and hard yeah, to tackle. He loves inside tens and twenties. That low awkward build, good leg speed, power drive. Might be able to pick on someone like a Ben Hunt or pick on one of the halves close to the line and burrow his way in. But other than that, for them, they've obviously been pretty left side heavy. I think Jack versus Lafay is a pretty decent matchup. If they manage to get him some good ball early, I think Lafay could certainly put a move on Jack. Jack can get a bit hot and heavy at times and come in like a heat-seeking missile. But yeah. overall, it's again, can they get enough opportunities to get him good quality ball early? Um, true, he's yeah. probably been the hot hand in terms of what I've watched for them on that left-hand side. Yeah. So there you go. That wraps things up on that side of things in the World Cup. Looking forward to watching that game Sunday. For anyone that doesn't know, it's 3 a.m., Old Trafford, it's only on KO and Fox. And I looked up the last time I played because I couldn't remember. It was a lifetime ago. It was 2017. World Cup? That they played. Um, I don't know if it was World Cup or not. It didn't say. I just looked up fixtures. It was 46-0. Then I thought, surely there's no one left over from that game. There actually is a few players left over from that game. Right. Not many. For Australia, Holmes played in 2017 and so did Regan Campbell-Gillard. They're the only mm-hmm. two. On the flip side, there was I think five. it would have been a World Cup game. Yeah, maybe it was. Quarterfinal, maybe? There was five that played for Samar. So Lafayette played then. Jerome Luai played all the way back in 2017. <laughs> Junior Paulo, Josh Papali'i, and New Brown, who's obviously no longer available for this game. So okay. there's a handful of guys left over from the last time I met, but it was a lifetime ago now. Yeah. Moving on from that, uh, our NRL news and things that have happened again since you know now and last week. Uh, this whole CBA thing keeps dragging on. They keep slinging mud at each other. They've come back out again now saying all the numbers that everyone's ragging us about and we're greedy is wrong. That's based on the old numbers and it doesn't take into account the girls, the extras outside of the top squad, all the bits and pieces. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, but here's a simple message for both sides. Sort it the fuck out. How about that? We're literally coming into a season again where there's still guys who haven't been contracted or haven't been signed or clubs can't move because we don't have a bargaining agreement. And for a game at this sort of level, to not have a bargaining agreement... Guys that are properly insured or blokes that are signing on training trials right now just because clubs can't even figure out what their finances are is a joke. So 
crunch time meeting. Fellaini's and that apparently didn't go to the World Cup. Good. Sit the fuck down with Clint Newton. Sit down with the player representatives. No doubt a deal. Get it done. Yeah, it needs to be, be sorted. It should have been on 12 months ago. Exactly. No, nothing like this at this level of professional sport should drag into the actual season where it needs to kick off. Like I know the Roosters, I think, even the Lodge thing, I'm not feeling sorry for him because he's got that many payouts. You'd think he was in Vegas, but he's on a training trial at the moment because they can't register a deal until they know what the cap figure is to sort out a contract. Mm. And they've got other spots to fill. There's other guys in the same boat who won't be registered, can't be insured for training, etc. all those things that come with the deal until the salary cap's sorted. Like, pre-seasons are underway. Yeah. This fucking needs to be shortened. Yeah. Um, and the girls' side, same deal. They're like, to the last week, not keen on their draw, not keen on anything, because they don't know the numbers for any part of it. So all this needs to be rectified. I'm not defending either side, but the back and forth, the misinformation, the arguing, just fucking stop it. Get behind closed doors and sort it out. Yeah. Simple. Agree. Don't want to hear your little leaks from both sides and the back and forth. Just get it done. It's BS. Get it sorted. Simple. Um... Manly, continue signing players. They've seemed to be the one doing the most signing. Lock and Coker, extended by a year. So not a long-term deal, but he's going to be there until 24. So he had a year left on his deal. I think after the Fainu situation, he got their players player. I thought he was really good for them this year. Mm. Developing nicely, but um, maybe on both sides, not looking for a long-term extension. Maybe the money's not huge, but just a little bit more security for another year, um, given you know the goalposts have moved and they're waiting on Fainu. Um, so there you go. Yeah, another move on the manly front. One that kind of caught my eye. I know it's not at that top level yet, but you, when you hear things like this, I just I get really confused. Did you hear about the young fella, Carl Oluapu? I don't know if I pronounced that right. Who signed with the Broncos and now wants out? Yeah, I did. I read a little bit. I, about I read into it now, and I was just like, I don't know what to make of this because they're yeah, saying that he either. had it stuck in front of him. Basically, sign it now. I don't sign it at all. We've no representation. They're trying to say he did have a manager at the time. He's saying that he wasn't, basically, yeah. you know, didn't have one or he didn't have anyone present. How old's the kid? 18. Oh, he's like, I don't even think he's that. I think he's, like, even younger. Yeah. He was the player's player at the Australian schoolboys time. He's a fireback. But apparently they've promised yeah. him the world. Top 30, got him in the squad, got to meet Kevin Wilders, this, that, and the other. And then after the fact now, once he's apparently left his other manager, which they're trying to claim, and gone with Matt Adamson, they've sat down and looked at it all. He's not in the top 30. They're telling him he's got to play hooker, lock, all this sort of stuff. It's it's the old two sides, again, of where we talk about when people get angry about what players do and then the people sometimes defend the club or I vice think versa. for Brisbane, they've always been an organisation that just doesn't put up with things like this. Mm. So I think for them, if you've got a player that you're not happy, who's not happy, and it's now having an impact on your club and the brand of your club, get rid of the player. Well, now, especially when he comes out with... Like he's saying he doesn't want to play. Pretty yeah. strong words. He's saying, like, they've lied to me. They've broken yeah. my heart. Like, I'm always... All I want to do is be a Bronco. Now, I never want to play for... The, like, that's... Yeah. It's pretty hefty. Something's going on. Rightly or wrongly, he feels that way. Yeah. I just think, is this situation repairable? It seems irreparable. Mm. And it's so... It, it, let him go. Yeah. And I'm the same. Matt Adamson's coming after. Mm-hmm. They've already claimed that it was clear by the NRL. He's like, it hasn't even finished yet. So you don't know who to believe. There's a bit going both ways, but... And then what happens? It, so he, okay, feeling so, pretty So strongly. best case scenario for Brisbane, they come back, the NRL comes back and says the contract's valid it and stands, it stands. It's clear. So what happens He's then? miserable. Then what are you going to do with it? He won't turn up. What if no, he doesn't turn up? So what, you ice this poor kid? Like, it's bad on both sides. Oh, I, I, I'm not saying poor kid. Like, he's a kid. He is a kid. And he may have made a mistake, but again... He's got to own his account, uh, you know... 
part in this because it's certainly not all Brisbane's fault, I don't think. Yeah, but it, they, all of this would land somewhere in the middle, I would think. That's what I'm saying. There seems to be some bits and pieces on both sides I don't agree with. Mm. And um, it's hard to know. We're never going to know. No, but overall, for a position that you've got a young guy like Mam and others there, and he, you, you can't force him to play. Kids are never guarantees. You can't say now, well, too fucking bad. It's clean. They've registered it. Dave Donnie's already come out and gone. We're not breaking the contract. We won't reveal. Where it. Where does he right. want to go? I don't know. I just think the whole whatever's happened here is just Redcliffe, all downhill. Well, speaking of that, there was another funny one this week. I don't know if you saw the NRL wanted to talk to Dane Mariner, the gun young centre who played for Brisbane, about apparently approaches from Redcliffe uh, and some dirty business in the background to try and get him to push or force his way out. So. Yeah. No surprise. But hang on, the happens. NRL created this situation for oh, the Dolphins because man, they, they, they brought him in this, this time last year and gave him a year to get Bill Rossa. It's yeah. a fucking joke. So I read that and I thought, really? You don't think that happens all around the league anyway where the people get Mate, Redcliffe would have been doing that to every club. Yeah, it happens all the because time. Because the NRL has put him in, in a position where they have to. Clubs, managers get rung by clubs and they tell them your play would start also, here and they go to the coaches come Coaches come in and go, you're not going to play under me. Yeah, exactly. Find another club. Or um, play New South Wales Cup. It happens all the time, but I found that one quite interesting that, that popped up. But yeah, a few little bits and pieces going on around that side of things. But uh, the other one, last week we were talking about the Bulldog side of things, more movement. Surprise, surprise. Arver is now gone after we mentioned that they were trying to move him on. The Corey Allen one, still on the table. They're still offering up to pay half his contract, 250 Apparently Manly, Parramatta and the Roosters have had a sniff around it. But again, I'm still sticking by they're going to have to pay more. A club's going to go, we'll take him, but we want you to... How long has he got left on that deal? Just this year. But they want Jeez. any of it gone. And the thing that kills me as well, like last week they were talking about the shop thing and it was for cap reasons, this, that and the other. I've heard the last few days that they're hot and heavy for Herbie Farmworth. So you're going for a more expensive centre when you're already under cap pressure. Like, I love Herbie Farmworth, but you've just offloaded a three-year well, you deal. Could, you, you, could just probably get, you could probably get Herbie Farmworth for um, is, the is, price at Corey Allen. Plus he a little he bit was more. on more than what bloody... What's his name was on there? Shop. Shop. And he's trying to come to market after no, he's I understand that, but they're talking about him next year. You move Allen on. Yeah, but you move shop Jackson on. move that they're claiming they didn't do for that rate. Like everything they're doing is for cap space. They of need course. cap space because they can't even register the deals that they got last year. Half of them have been announced for the same reason. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. They've got some magical cap calculator that he's working with over there if they're now magically going to try and pull Herbie Farmworth in on a fat contract because they seem to keep <laughs> finding whoever they are. Allen. Still out there. I know for a fact that Flanagan got a deal offered to him in England, said he's not going. Similar boat. They're basically telling him, go. He's not part of the plan. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But yeah. um, they're all but off him and Alan. So well, they were saying that last year too. They're still pushing. But um, yeah. Got it from a very, very good source that he literally sat down this week and was told, was told again, basically, for your own development, every other thing under the sun, which is just roundabout ways of basically saying, fucking, we don't want you here. You need to go somewhere else, whether it be England or rah rah. So they're still pushing to create cap space there. Um, one that was kind of cooking during the week, which has now come to fruition, the Clemmer Hastings swap. Last week, I wasn't sure they were talking about all sorts of situations, but uh, if I'm Newcastle, I, I think this is a pretty good result. Clemmer and the Very way cool. things were going at the back end of last year, coming into his last season on $850,000. When you're desperate for a halfback, they can at least control, kick and steer aside on less money for a couple of years. Uh, I think Newcastle comes out on top. And I agree. This deal and the fact that the Tigers gave him a three-year extension with a fourth-year option, 
which is at least mutual. I don't think I would have, I, I would have taken the contract oh my God. if you wanted to take it forward, but I would not have been oh. given a three-year deal to David yeah. Clemmer. No way. Plus a fourth year. with the, At least that's mutual, but three years right now. Yeah, what does that mean? They both have to agree. Have to both agree. Yeah, right. But I don't know what money. I don't know if they went on the same money. I don't know if they're eating it all this year or they're contributing a bit, but a three-year extension at this point, I don't know if we would have gone there. No. If you're going to take him for 12 months for... And offload, you know, they were talking about the Hastings. The Hastings thing in the half situation is weird. They brought him in. He led them to a couple of wins. He was pretty good for them. First, they wanted to get rid of Brooks. Then they didn't. Then they tried to get rid of him middle last year, and he stuck his foot in the ground. Now there's talk. They're hot and heavy for Moses. Moses off of the best mates or really good mates with Brooks. Dewey obviously felt a bit left out. Hastings apparently didn't get on with Bateman, who they want to bring. Like, it's, it's a fucking absolute clusterfuck of attachments here but if all this is being done for a maybe for Bateman and the maybe of getting Mitchell Moses back they will better bloody want to stick both of them Yeah. because if you've let Hastings go if you've alienated Dewey who wants to go into the open market and at the end you're left holding only Luke Brooks who's also not that happy with the way things are going they don't get his best mate back and could end up leaving they could end up with absolutely nobody in the house yeah. so yeah I know a lot of people talk about them building a, a hefty forward pack and they're apparently still keen on Frizzell and a few others, but I'm more interested to see how the halves thing works out for the rest of this year. If they're going to go with Dewey, Brooks, and they're hot and heavy for Moses with the attachment that's going to be Brooks and Moses come back together, um, they're, they're going to really want to get that deal across the line if that's what they're banking on. Good luck. Well, I, and the other one, I liked Bateman when he was here, but what I've seen the last year or two, depending on the money and also the fact that Canberra had to pay a fee. If they have to pay a fee to get him here after what happened there and paying him an exorbitant amount of money, I wouldn't want to borrow that. Agree. Not on the sort of money he was chasing at the back end. I don't think he's an $800,000 player. Or no, I, I don't think for that money he's going to influence enough games. No. I think for them, guys like Hastings, who they had on solid contracts, I would have been more keen to keep them on my books and buy in other positions yeah. rather than pay $800,000 for an ex-rep for a back or, row. $800,000 for another guy who left the club here and has been playing in England for the last couple of years. Like, Just keep yeah. Kelman to Alagi. That would have been smart. Mm. And again, a lot less. Another player in your cap. And a better player. Space. I believe he's a better player. Uh, one good bid business I did think they do, extending Fano Apollo. I thought he was good at the back end of last year. He was only a kid. Yeah, he was good. Uh, he, he was already... flag cup in there, the NRL. Yep, he was only on until 24. They've added a year on top, yep. so 25. That so is good business. Nothing crazy, not a heap of money, but it's just making sure... You know, you can see a bit more growth there before you invest longer term and with your big money. So, good business there. Um, for the Knights there, the move, as have been talked about, I just wanted to get your opinion, was that if they got a seven in, uh, that they were going to look to get Ponga into the halves. And it comes out now, they're going hard for Lachlan Miller from the Sharks. He's got this last year. There's no way he's going to stay there because they're not going to be able to pay him unless they mm. flick Kennedy. Do you think... It's probably not in Cronulla's interest to let him go because you've got him as a backer right now. But I think if Newcastle can somehow swindle Miller, Hastings, Ponga to six and have Bradley healthy, that's a pretty good turnaround. Yeah. I, I I'm not saying whether, it gets him the eight. I don't know whether Miller's a... Full-time fullback? Not at that. Not, yeah, I don't know. I still prefer Ponga at one, but if they're going to try this whole... Miller, Miller's a good player. I, I, got, good I, got, player. I got no doubt Miller's a good player. I Yeah... I'd have to see it, and what happens, what happens if it doesn't work? If you're going to shuffle Ponga, though, that's my only thing. I'm not saying you sign Miller long-term, but if they're going to move Ponga to six, you need a decent replacement. Right now, I don't see who they have in yeah, their own I think squad. it's more about assuring that 
you're not a, you set your roster up so that if that doesn't work, you've got a plan B and a plan C. Yeah. That's all I would say. I would definitely sign Lockie Miller in, in an NRL squad. He played outstanding football in New South Wales Cup. He was, yeah, the best player on the field in a lot of games this year. Mm. And, yeah, he, the impact he had on that Newtown team was significant. So I think he's definitely earned a shot at, at the NRL level. But I just think you need to be really careful about, yeah, moving players around and assuming that things are going to work and not having another plan. Well, I think all of it, again, is salary cap and smart luck. They're not going to have to pay out the nose for him. Mm. They get Pong at a six. They've got Hastings there. They've ditched the clever contract because they've got a couple of forwards. Um, I just think, you know, it's it's a potential to change things up and change your spine and get some players into positions where you hopefully think you can have more influence on your attack. But yeah. it's no guarantee, but they've got to do something. They let Pierce go. They're obviously looking at the Ponga side of things. You've got a genuine seven in there now that can kick, control, steer. Probably the other upside, Ponga's goal kicking was abhorrent last year. Hastings is certainly a much better goal kicker than he is. Yeah. So that's probably another plus. They need to go up in sixes, not fours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I read that today, I'm like, mate, I think that could be another good bit of business for maybe, not saying it's a long term solution, but it's something certainly you can try for 12 months. Yeah. I think it's cap wise, frees you up doesn't have to be long-term contracts and you can have a look at something different. Um, Frizzell's coming off. There's a couple other guys coming off. They've got Elliot and Heather in a few, some fresh blood in there. Still got the Safidis. Um, yeah, there's, there's some potential there to try and at least change things because they were very stale last year. Yeah. Something needs to give uh, in what they're doing with their attack in particular. The Warriors uh, also, a little bit of movement there. Jazz Tavunga, one-year extension until 2024. The other one that surprised a few people, Braden Williame brought back for the Warriors. Definitely a, a depth signing, but he went from the NRL uh, to playing Japanese rugby, and now he's back. <laughs> so, yeah. centre-back row option, obviously a, a depth one. Um, but yeah, I was sort of surprised to see his name pop up. I've seen their pre-season. They've certainly got a lot of their young pathways kids in there and trying to really get stuck right back into that side of things early. No surprise with Webby there that they're doing that. That's mm. going to need to be their bread and butter and re-establishing things over the next few years. And uh, a return of another player, speaking of, Gevahat Shibasaki is signed with the Cowboys on a one-year deal. Smouse. He come back. Yeah, Smouse. <laughs> That's my old shit. Mm. He was a uh, similar deal. Training trial at the back end of last year. Went and played Japanese <clears throat> rugby. Come back. Was training trial at the back end of the year. His younger brother is part of their young Cowboys program. Probably forget how young he is. He, he debuted very early. He's still only, I think, 23, 24. Um, so... One year deal, just a bit of depth for their outside backs. Yeah, right, yeah, right. I agree. That's the I think the last bit I sort of had there on top of everything. That's crazy game on rugby league. It never stops. So we have one week between, and I sit down before I come here, and I was like, "What sort of happened before I come over? Let's have a quick look." And all of a sudden, it's bang, 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 bang. And this person moved. This person signed the Hastings Clemens swap, which last week I was sort of sitting there going, "They've been talking about swapping Brooks for Zell. This is all bullshit." But sure enough. Few things hmm. happen, few things fall into place, and Bob's your uncle. There you go. Yeah, bit of movement, um, and the World Cup final, as we said, locked and loaded this weekend. Our Penrith solar powerful predictions: uh, Australia, unfortunately for Samoa, probably in a big way. Don't be sidelined by rising power bills this season. Get in contact with the team at Penrith Solar Centre. They are dedicated to providing the highest quality. Solar Solutions, help them help you and your back pocket. Call 1800 20 29 30 today or visit www.penrosolar.com.au. 
Thank you, Penrosala. Thank you, bluebet.com.au again for supporting our charity account. I don't have the exact amount. I think it was $1,102 we won in the end for the Bears of Hope. So we'll be sorting that out in the next few weeks. Now that things are wrapping up and making another donation there to a very worthy cause. Um, and I guess next week, do we come back and finish off? Quick wrap up on the final. That's your call, buddy. Oh, it's up to you. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Do a quick review <clears> and maybe <throat> final fan questions and then we'll be off for a few months. Yeah. And then we'll come back when we do our previews and all the other bits and bobs we do. Sounds good. So there you go. We'll return one last time next week to finish us off, uh, which has been a long year, but a very enjoyable one with the extra bit of football. Never complain about extra games. We'll review the World Cup final between Samoa and Australia. Any other bits and pieces of news that are out there and we might throw out some final fan questions, anything that anyone has um, before we close up shop for the fifth and last in 2022. But for now... Look forward to that game on the weekend. Hopefully, it's an absolute cracker. Rugby league never sleeps. I'm sure plenty will happen between now and then. Thank you, Penrose Solison. I thank you, bluebet.com.au. Thank you, Boxhead. And for now, everyone, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.